You are listening to Normalized Crime, an in-depth look at gang life and all the effects that come along with it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Normalized Crime. I'm Eric. What's going on? Berto here. And Berto, we're back with another episode. What do you got for us today? Wanted to touch on a subject that we glossed over a bunch of times, and I even mentioned it during a couple of episodes about how it actually helped me in my life, and that is drug usage. Not drug usage helping me, but the lack of drug usage. <laughs> that was the one advantage I can say, honestly, that being from 19th Street specifically, being a Latin King in general, right, because they limit drug use, but then being 19th Street limited drug use even more. I, I actually benefited from that. I come from a long line of abusers. I have substance abuse throughout my family, which is probably common in everybody's family. You know, that ranges from, you know, simple, I guess, you know, alcohol to all the way to heroin and, and, and some of the harder stuff. Who knows which way my life goes if I don't, you know, stray away from drugs at a young age. At 35, I'm terrified of drugs. It was definitely a benefit to have those restrictions on me. And so today I wanted to kind of just, you know, I wanted to touch on that. Also, maybe, you know, send a, a signal out there to our listeners and, and um, you know, guys that maybe were in other gangs. Maybe they had policies and, and how their system worked and maybe they didn't. And maybe they lost guys because of it. I don't know. I, I know that even though the Latin Kings were stringent on the rules that they placed upon you know, drug usage, you know, obviously there's still people that stray away, you know, there's still people that end up as drug addicts and there's still people that end up falling away from everybody because they end up on drugs. And, and you know, what's crazy. I, I never thought about this literally until right now, as I'm speaking about it, those kind of exings, I guess, so to speak, are almost, they're definitely nonviolent from what I've seen. What I mean is guys that end up becoming drug addicts that were Kings they're usually allowed to just walk away because it's almost like, man, you messed your life up more than you could have ever messed your life up with us, even though that's not true. But, you know, that's the mindset is like, man, he's that person is so gone. You know, why even punish him? Whatever just on this drug or that drug. And and that's a, I've seen that before where guys have just gotten basically gotten a pass and and it was almost like they were felt sorry for, you know, because they became drug addicts. So go you, ahead. You, got some? you said that. The Latin Kings have something in place, kind of restricting drug use. And and we've talked about on with 19th Street, they just flat out, other than smoking pot, you weren't allowed to do anything, correct? Right. So with the Latin Kings as a whole, right, the general rule is that you can, you're not allowed to use any drug that isn't from the earth. It's so anything man-made, right? And obviously like, a coca leaf is, is, you know, it's from the earth. However, by the time it gets to somebody, it's usually crushed up, stepped on, and it becomes man-made. So that was where the, the bridge needed to be gapped for some members and, and, and others, you know, and that's why 19th street just strayed away from it in general, because it was like, first of all, you don't really want your members on cocaine. And second of all, like, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of muddy, right? If you're saying it's straight from the earth, 
but it's also being chopped up and stepped on. It's becoming man-made. And that's why that's why when you get into like crack cocaine, that's definitely no. And then listen, to be honest with you, I'm not even like 100% knowledgeable about heroin and if heroin's from the earth or not, but I just know it's forbidden. You know, obviously any man-made like pills, ecstasy, things like that. 19th Street, you were allowed to basically smoke weed and in a certain setting, right? This is the caveat, in a certain setting with a lot of members where everybody is pretty much watching out for each other, you can do shrooms. There was, that was like a, like a little bonus, right? But I've never done them. And mm -hmm. some guys did, but I've never done them. And I, I was just always scared of drugs. You know, growing up, I seen, I knew my, my father used drugs, my mother used drugs and, and you see the effects they have. It scares you as a young person. Obviously, as you get older, you become more brave and you might be willing to test those waters. Well, with me, I wasn't able to test those waters because I was bound by these rules and these guidelines. And so, yeah, I just think that's one thing, man. I think a lot of guys would agree with, with me that that was one hundred percent benefit of becoming a member of Latin Kings. Now I'm not advising anybody to become a Latin King so they can't use drugs. I will say um, there are, that, there that, are better ways to not be able to use drugs than <laughs> yes, hundred percent, hundred percent that benefited me. And so I had a, I got a story actually that I got a story that's, it's kind of, it's, it's unique and you'll see how much of an idiot I was and how naive I was really. There was a time, right? I want to say it was, it was early on in my career after, after being made, right? So it, it wasn't too long. If I was made in the summer of, of uh, 2001, I want to say by that winter time, maybe like November. I know it was getting cold. We had coats on. Well, we eventually had coats on. We'll get to that part. <clears throat> so we were by Sammy's house. It was like me and Fro, Sammy, and uh, there was a you know, black cat was there. He was still alive. The guy, I mentioned him before, they, they, he started calling him Platinum. They We started calling him Platinum, but his name at the time was Mando. And he wasn't a king though. But he was always with Fro, and like I said, he was a real good dude. Like I liked Mando. I, I didn't. I liked. He wasn't like. It's weird. It's hard to explain him. Like he wasn't like active gang member kind of guy. If something happened with one of us, he would ride with us. With no questions, he would go. He was a man. You know, he was allowed to be around us just based on that principle. And he was a drug dealer, so that was another reason. You know, he used to look out for a lot of guys, including myself. You know, he's he's given me packs of dope where I've sold and made a profit and gave him money back. That's that's real common when it comes to. I don't know if you're familiar with that concept, Eric. Uh, I'll, I'll explain it to you real quick. So basically, like if you know, so like that the, the higher higher end drug dealers, the guys that drug deal all the time, right? So let's just say like Boy or, or Mando in this instance. What they would do is if if they bought, they could buy an ounce of crack. They might bag up two 500 sacks and then maybe like a 200 sack, right? So $1,200 worth of of crack off of, off of an ounce, right? And then, and this is back then though. I don't know what the numbers are like now. I'm not even going to try to guess, but this is back then. What they would do is either one, either or, right? They would give me a 500 pack, right, of crack, and then they would say, okay, give me back 350. I'll be honest with you, right? And I loved Boy to Death at that time. Like, that was my boy, literally and figuratively, right? Like, that was my homie. He would tell me, give him back 400. Mando would tell me to give him back 350, right? <laughs> so, obviously... Like the guy who isn't the king, you know, it sucks, but you'd rather make money with him because you're making more money. 
that's kind of how that works, right? So if if you were lost right there, so that that's how Mando would look out for a lot of guys, like a lot of kings. He would give them a pack of dope here, a pack of dope there, and he would make money. And at the same time, we would make money. You know, obviously he makes more money because he's got it spread out and he's got dope houses and, you know, so it's a network. Irrelevant to the story, but pertinent for me trying to explain to you how that works. We were by Sammy's house, man, and it was me, Mando, Fro, Black Cat, Sammy. I want to say there might have been like, Maybe like one other brother, one of the guys that didn't last long that, that, you know, maybe this guy named Junior, there was, it wasn't, it wasn't many other guys, maybe just one other guy, right? You know, they weren't really relevant. We're sitting around, we're in Sammy's house. It's probably early in the evening. We haven't really been, we haven't started drinking or nothing. Guys are just kind of sitting around shooting shit. And Mandel pulls out like this little clear bottle, right? And it looks like water in it. It's like a cologne bottle and it's, I can see it, right? You know, him and Fro were like giddy back and forth, like laughing. And, you know, I'm not really paying too much attention to it. You can see it because we're all in a similar area. Like we're in Sammy's front room. Like he's got a bedroom connected to it. But for the most part, it's like a little living space and then his bedroom. So we're all right there, right? Like we can we can uh, see each other and I see them. And, and then Fro grabs like a pack of cookies. It was in his vicinity. I don't know where, you know, maybe on a counter or something. He opens the cookies up. He grabs a cookie and he pours the water on the cookie and then eats okay. it. Right. And then he eats it. And so I see him do it. I see Mando do it. And then I see black cat do it. And then I see Sammy do it. And I'm like, all right, I'm curious now. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Right. So it gets to me, it gets to me. Right. And Fro's like, here, take one brother. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, uh, this, at this time, he's our enforcer. At this time, Fro was our enforcer. No, I take that back. Fro was a soldier at this time. He wasn't, he wasn't our enforcer. Belone was our enforcer at this time. Jay was our Inca. It's irrelevant who the Kasinka was. Fro was a soldier. When he offered it to me, I was like, I was like, what is this? And he was like, just take it, bro. And I'm like, nah, I'm like, I'm not going to take it. I'm like, what is it? And he's like, oh, it's, he's like, it's acid. So I'm like, acid. I'm like, we can do this? I mean, that's the first thing I said. It was the first thing that popped in my head. I wasn't even thinking about taking it at the time, right? I was just my first thing was, can we take it? <laughs> right? Like that was my first, <laughs> I was already catching random ass whoopings for nothing. I wasn't going to, you know, I wasn't ready for another one. Right. He's like, he's like, don't trip. Like, he's like, yeah, like, don't trip. Go ahead. You're good. And so in my mind, right. You got to remember, like, I was really new to, I was really new to the manifesto. I hadn't been able to read it a lot because there were certain times where you were able to read it and usually read it in, with, with other members in a group and, we didn't have like 24 seven access to it. And I had only been a King for a couple months. So it's not like I had all this information that I needed surrounding this typical uh, subject and setting right here. Right. I was like, are you sure? I asked him, I was like, you sure, bro? And, and he's like, he's like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Don't trip. Rewind probably about a year, year and a couple months. We'll just say a year and a couple months. This is right before I really started hanging out with the walkers really before I even started being any kind of rebellious. Like I smoke weed a little bit, but nothing major. My brother, Tim was kind of already on the fast track to, to live in a street life. He wasn't a gang member. He wasn't really hanging around with gang members. You know, he was selling weed. Uh, him and Rick were selling weed and, you know, Tim was drinking and he would hang out with different party crews. And I remember him telling me that he had tried acid. And he was like, man, it was the craziest thing. Like he thought it was funny. My my brother tends to have a little bit more of a risk tolerance than I do when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I was still a little shaky about it, right? But I remember that conversation. I'm like, all right, well, you know, it's a little bit, it's a cookie, right? I'm like, this probably couldn't, this probably is not gonna 
do as much damage as I think it is. So I take it. Boom. Right. I take the cookie. I immediately regretted it. As soon as I, as soon as I swallowed it, I'm like, man, what's going to happen? You know, I'm trying to play it cool right on the outside. Yeah. Like this is nothing like inside I'm panicking. I'm like, man, I'm going to be tripping balls. I don't know what to do. I've never done this. Right. And I'm worried about half hour goes by. I don't feel nothing. Right. I'm like, all right. I'm like, well, this isn't terrible. I'm like, maybe it's not that bad of a high, right? I hear Fro telling Mando, like, man, what the hell? You know, he's like, man, this this shit better start kicking in, right? About another 10, 15 minutes go by, and all of a sudden, Mando's like, man, this dude got me, man. This shit is fake, right? <laughs> and so, and so it was fake acid, right? Unbeknownst to him, he bought it, and and obviously all of us, we took it, right? No harm, no foul, right? I didn't, I actually, I got away with it. You know what I'm saying? And and if offered it again, I would have said no, just because of how how much I regretted the decision immediately after I did it. I'd say it was about four or five days later. Now I'm in a different setting. I, I was in I was in uh I was in Pelon's attic and I was up there with it was like me, Pelon, Goat, Bear, you know, their usual suspects, and Jay was there, right? And I remember this evening was it was like chilly out, man, because I remember guys guys ended up having to have coats on, right? I'm just trying to I'm trying to put myself back in that situation, but but here's here's how it went down, right? So we're sitting there, and then me and Jay go outside. It's just me and Jay, and that's how I remember the coats because I remember it being like a little chilly, right? We're on the back porch, and and we were just talking, just nothing, right? Nothing, talking about nothing. And I remember I somehow somewhere in the conversation, I'm like, man, Mando tried to. You know, it was like a joke, right? It was like, I was like trying to joke. And I was like, man, you know, Mando, Mando tried to get us with some fake shit. And he's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm like, man, the other day, man, Mando tried to get us with some fake acid, man. I'm like, he, I'm like, we, Fro thought it was real. And I was like, man, that shit ended up being fake. And he's like, acid? And Uh I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you guys were doing acid? And I'm like, well, funny story, true story, right? It, it actually was fake, right? So, but, but, but that's not what he's thinking about. That's not what he's thinking about. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that, but that's not what he's thinking about, right? He's like, bro, you can't do acid. I'm like, what you mean? He's like, bro, that's against the law. It's against the laws of the manifesto. You can't do acid. And he's like, who told you you can do acid? Now, I'm in a predicament, right? <laughs> At this point in time, I'm in a predicament. And I put myself right there. At this point, I, I there was no lying. Like I couldn't, I couldn't lie. Like it, like this isn't this isn't a situation where somebody would be like, "Oh, you tattletailed on everybody else," or you know, you snitched on the brothers. No, see, everybody understands that these kind of things are open form. It's it's a it's a situation where everybody's accountable. There's no way that I could ever take that and be like and be like, "Oh, it was just me," yeah. knowing that I just made it seem like it was a bunch of us. And and go and take the violation for everybody. That that doesn't work like that. That's the first thought. Is like people be like, oh, why don't you just say nobody was with you and then now take the ass whooping yourself? That's not how it goes. He was gonna make certain that he knew everybody that was there, everybody that took it. And, and remind so, me real quick, was Jay the one that kind of started the whole absolutely no drug thing on nineteen? With nineteen, well, it, it was Champ and Boy, but you got to remember Jay was in the first generation, so Jay was a part of, you know, he was a part of the genesis. He knew, he was fully aware, and he imposed that rule. Mm-hmm. You know, he was really, really gung ho on that rule. 
He was on board with it 100% because that's Absolutely. how he was brought up. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, he's just looking at me and I'm like, well, I'm like, well, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of all of us, right? I didn't want to just throw one name out there, right? I'm like, well, it's just kind of all of us. And he's like, well, who was there, right? So now he's getting to nitty gritty. So I explained to him who was there and he's like, well, he was like, well, who, who brought it there, right? And I'm like, all right, well, Mando had it. Now, to, to be fair, right? I don't think this had anything to do with it. It's important to, I guess, mention here. So Mando, like I said, he wasn't a king. Mm-hmm. And and he was more of an acquaintance. He was our acquaintance through Fro. He was actually in a relationship with Fro's sister. So that made it, you know, a little more personal. Like he was around us more than he was around anybody else. When I say us, I mean, if we were together in a group, Fro and Black Cat and Sammy, like if I was in that group, you know, Mando would come over a lot. Well, Mando was not liked by Champ. Champ hated Mando. For some reason, he just didn't like the guy. Partially, I think it's because... Champ felt like he was taking advantage of the young brothers by making, not making, offering them packs of crack to sell, and he was making most of the profit. Now, to us as kids, we don't see that. We just look at it like shit. It's a quick, make, quick, quick way to make 100, 150 bucks. All we got to do is sit in a dope spot that he's paying for anyway and serve the hypes that are coming for his dope anyway. You know, we're just cogs, spokes in the wheel. We didn't look at it like that, but I think Champ looked at it like that. And the tricky part about this dynamic is that there was a house that we had that was on 26. When I say we, I I had no ownership. I did not pay any rent, but I mean the Kings, right? There was a house that, that we had on 26 and Forest Home. Well, the upstairs was occupied by Fro and all the brothers that were always around him that time. I used to be around him a lot, you know, Tim and, and, and Sammy and Black Cat. And he had like a little group of guys. And that that upstairs apartment was being paid for by Mando. So that was essentially his drug spot. Downstairs was Champ's apartment. Champ wasn't selling dope out of his portion of the house, though. That was just really just a layback spot for him. So I know there was some there were some run-ins there where, you know, Champ basically told him, you'll stop selling dope out this house. And there was it wasn't like we had to pick sides because obviously Champ's a king. He's the founder of One Nine, and this guy's not even a king. So it wasn't like we were made to pick sides. It was smart to kind of walk away from that situation, distance yourself from Mando at that time. And I think Fro knew that, right? So circling back to the story, I think that trickled into how Jay felt about Mando as well. Obviously, Jay has conversations with Champ. They're close. I think that's why it kind of trickled into his relationship too. With that being said... I don't feel like it had anything to do with this story because it was clearly a violation of a law in our manifesto that mm-hmm. was at hand. Speeding back up to that, once he was like, oh, Mando was there. He's like, Mando brought it. He's like, why are you guys with that idiot? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing around that dude? Right? And that's what he said. And I was like, well, I was just kind of kicking it with Fro and Blackhead. I was like, we were all over by Sammy's house. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, all right, let's go upstairs. So we go upstairs and he's like, everybody get in the car. Let's go in the van. You know, he's got the van. I mean, you would know because remember, I stole the rims for him. So he's got that van, right? (laughs) Matter of fact, a a few of us jumped in the van. Some of us jumped in, or some of them jumped in 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 Goat's car. And and he's like, come on, let's go. We're picking everybody up. We're going to have an emergency meeting right now. That's usually never good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you when you hear the words emergency meeting, 
right? That's that's not emergency to tell you how great you guys have been. <laughs> yeah. That usually means somebody fucked up. <laughs> yeah, so we start going, we're rounding brothers up, right? And then so while we're driving, it's like now Jay's like, he, he's like firing himself up, right? He's like, and you know what? This this dude Junior hasn't been around. He he missed the last meeting too, and and nobody knows where he's at. And and there was somebody else that he had on his mind about something. So he just starts. He starts. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, these are all violations he's about to hand out. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm starting to do the math. I'm like, I don't know where I fall in this in this uh, in this beatdown process, but I know I'm in there. You know what I'm saying? Because obviously, you know, I broke a rule too. Now. You know, do I get some brownie points because I was honest about it and I was naive and I didn't know? Well, we'll find out, right? We go, we pick, we pick everybody up. You know, obviously we couldn't all fit in Jay's van. So when we got to certain guys' houses, he's like, bring your car. We're going to pick this dude up, this dude up, this dude up. And we end up rounding everybody up. And he's like, meet me on 19th Street. So we all go to 19th Street. We pull into, into the alley in between 18th and 19th and then into the T. You're going to have to check that out sometime when you're in Milwaukee. Uh, what these alleys look like. And so into the T just means you come in from either 18th or 19th, and then you can literally split it and go behind the houses and you're running parallel to 18th and 19th now. Uh, But it's a dead end. So you'd have to hit a U-turn and come back out. So we all file in there and we find like a gravel driveway, right? And, And that's the thing about us back then. We just took over spaces, Right. Like we didn't ask permission. We didn't see if there was anybody out. <laughs> like we just we pull up and we all get out. Right. Now there's 25 members of Latin Kings from 19th Street right here. So if you are outside, there's a good chance you're probably going to go inside. So it's not like we had to ask permission or anything like that. Right. So we all get out and he points at Junior right away. He's like, Junior, come here. And uh, he's like, what's up, bro? He's like, get in the middle. He's like, what's this about? He, just get in the middle. He picks three guys. He picks three guys. He's like, listen, when those guys are done, I want you to, I want you three to jump in. And he's like, go. And they just started beating the shit out of Junior, man. They're beating his ass, right? And so I'm, I'm already knowing. I'm like, oh, it's go time. I'm like, this is it. <laughs> I remember we're in there, right? It's cold, man. Like it's, it's, it's pretty cold. So we all got jackets on. And at some point, I remember Jay saying, stop, 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 stop. Everybody stops, you know, swinging. I wasn't chosen on this violation. So I'm just standing on the sidelines. He's like, stop, 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 stop. He's like, get him up, get him up, right? Pick him up. He's like, take his coat off because he had extra padding <laughs> in his coat, right? So they take his coat off and then and then they, they finished his violation. And I want to say, I don't know what made Jay do it, but Jay's like, all right, everybody back in the car. Let's go, right? I want to say that he felt like people were watching or something. It was It was like dusk. It was getting dark. Whatever it was, we all jump back in the in the uh, we all jump back in the van, and and this is just more anticipation, right? I'm like, all right, well, I know the beatdown's coming. Like, what, like what corner are we gonna find it on, right? <laughs> like, what? I I'm not I'm not allowed necessarily to talk to the other brothers, right? I can talk to them, small talk. Like, I can't talk to them about the conversation me and Jay had. They don't know what the rest of this is about. They just thought this was Junior. He messed up, whatever. So we drive and we go over to Cago Hood, right? And Cago Hood is not close to 19th Street. This is over by 12th and Madison. We were on 19th and Lincoln. It's a little ways, right? I mean, mm-hmm. not crazy far, but a little bit of ways. So we get over there and then we're literally behind Cago School in the alley. He's like, all right, everybody out. Everybody gets out, right? He picks us all out. He's like, Fro, Black Cat, Fro, Black Cat, Birdo. And I think it was just us three now that I'm not that I remember. Oh, and Sammy. 
he's like, you guys stand over here, right? And Fro had a coat on, but it was like a, a bomber coat. So it wasn't like a, a triple or like a down goose, you know? So there wasn't really much padding on it. Mm-hmm. So he was like, listen, Fro, we're going to use your coat. And he was like, matter of fact, you get in the middle first. And Fro's like, what's up? Like, what's going on? Fro don't, Fro's blindsided. You know what I'm saying? He don't know what's going on. And he's like, you in the middle first. And then Fro's like, what, what the hell I do? And he's like, listen, man. He's like, you bringing that, that, that dude Mando around, all these young brothers. He's like, you got these dudes doing acid? He's like, what's wrong with you, man? Fro just stayed quiet, right? And I looked at him because I felt guilty now, right? Like, I, like I'm like, damn, man, I felt like a piece of shit, right? Fro, he, he looked at me, but he like he looked at me like with with like reassurance, like don't worry, like I'm not mad at you, kind of look, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. don't worry, bro, like you didn't know no better, you know what I'm saying? And because he could tell, like it bothered me inside. He's like, all right, he's like, you're getting three minutes. Ooh. He was like, yeah, he's like, you're getting three minutes. He's like, Black Hat, you're getting two minutes. He's like, Berto, you're getting a minute and a half, and Sammy, you're getting two minutes. And I was like, all right. I wasn't going to ask no questions, you know, at that point. <laughs> I knew <laughs> I knew mine was a little bit less, right? I was less severe. And Jay spoke up too, though. Jay's like, listen, he's like, just so everybody knows, Berto didn't come and dime you brothers out or nothing like that. He's like, we were having a conversation. He thought it was okay to do acid. That's why you're getting his time, Fro, because you misled him to make him believe that it was, it, it was okay. It was not. You know what I'm saying? He's like, Black Cat, the reason why you're getting two minutes is because you knew what you were doing. You knew what you were doing. You didn't initiate it, but you knew what you were doing. Same thing with you, Sammy. You knew what you were doing. Man, we got our asses beat behind that school. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Fro was first. Fro was first. And ironically, man, usually, like in those situations, what Jay would do is he would make us beat Fro up, meaning like me, Black Cat, and Sammy. You know, and if he felt like we weren't beating him hard enough, then he would add on to our ass whoopings. That's typically what he would do just to try to show no favoritism kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do that. He he picked different guys. He picked different guys for 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 Fro. He picked different guys for Black Cat. And then he used a combination of both for me and Sammy. Man, they beat our asses though. And Fro was messed up. And I remember afterwards I didn't drive back with Jay. You know what I'm saying? Jay kind of took off. I think he took like one or two brothers with him. He's got a van. So mostly everybody came with him. Well, he left mostly by himself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think he just, I think he just took like one or two guys that was going back with him, like Pelone. I think they were going back to Pelone's house or something. And Goat, Goat had his own car. And so we had to like squeeze into the other cars that were there because because he just took off on us. He's like, all right, find your way home. You know, basically like took off on us. I remember talking with Fro after that, man, and he was like, man like he was joking you know what i'm saying he's like damn man you bust us out like that now i just told him i was like man my bad bro i was like i didn't even i didn't even think about it bro i was like i was just we were just talking bro and he's like nah he's like that's my fault bro he's like that's my fault he's like we shouldn't have been doing this shit we shouldn't even have tried to do the shit he's like let's just be happy that it wasn't real right because who knows who knows what that ass whooping would have been if it was real yeah you know what i'm saying (laughs) There was never, nobody was really upset about this after the fact towards you. No. It it was kind of like this beatdown happened and that was kind of the end of it. That's Yeah. I, you know what I think I look at it like, man, I look at it. It's like, I look at it like it was a situation where a teenager sneaks out the window to go out and party and he ends up getting caught by his parents and he's willing to take that ass whooping. You know, my brother used to do it all the time. That's how I kind of looked at it. Like, I think Fro knew what he was doing. He was just... He was just trying to have fun. 
and he wanted us to have fun with him. Like we were his, we were his homies and he just wanted us to have fun with him. He was willing to take that gamble and get caught. Now, he didn't think that he was going to get told on, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was his plan, you know, and, and, and I feel like that's why he wasn't mad about it. You get caught, you get caught climbing back in the window. It happens. Black Hat wasn't mad. I didn't really give a shit if Sammy was mad. Who cares? Yeah, it was it was water under the bridge, man. You know what? There's a there's a unless you got something else, you got a question about that? Well, I mean, I I think that this is an interesting story because just people's re- in other stories, people's reactions to things tend to shoot towards violence and it's it's interesting to me that in this situation they were all just kind of like it happened, move on. Cuz that's not yeah. what I would expect from them. And right well, I mean, it could be twofold, right? Well, first of all, I was really, I was, I was really close with Black Cat and Fro. Like they were, like at that time, you got to remember in, in, in different, different seasons of my life, I've been closer with certain guys than others. And at this time, like I was really close with Fro and Black Cat. I was over there a lot on 26th Street, so that that played a role. Then also, I mean, I don't, I don't really know if they could have done anything because if they would have tried to retaliate, then Jay would have retaliated. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, yeah. It, it, yeah. So it, I don't think there was really much they could do except for honor it. What I was going to say, taking off from that point, is that there's a bigger picture that wasn't seen at this time by any of us, including Jay. So Jay's not Nostradamus, right? This was a real thing that happened to another member. There was a member from Wild Walker. His name was Nelson. There's a couple Nelsons from Wild Walker. One of them, his name was Pitt, right? Mm-hmm. And this other guy's name, they just called him Nelson. And I wasn't even going to mention the second guy, which is Pitt. But now that I bring him up, it's worth mentioning after this story. Nelson sold acid. He was selling acid. And whether or not that's against the rules, probably is. But like I said, when it came to selling drugs, you know, guys kind of overlooked most of it with the exception of like heroin. Mm -hmm. And even that changed over time. What happened to Nelson, he was a good guy. Nelson was really, you know, he was, he was always first to jump when it came to violence. He was loyal. He was well-rounded as far as smarts. You know, he wasn't a dummy and tragedy struck Nelson. One day Nelson was walking Right. Any other normal day, probably walking to Wild Walker Hood. This isn't a verbatim story. This is this is the gist of the story I got, but it's a the foundation is true. And so he's walking and it starts pouring down rain, like pouring down rain. And, you know, so he's he's running in the rain and he's, he's, you know, obviously ducking under stuff and trying to get where he's going, probably. And what happens to him? is that the acid in his pocket seeped in through his leg, through his skin, because his pants were so wet and it got all the acid wet. It seeped into his body and he went into a really, really bad trip and he never came out of it. Holy cow. He never came out of it. To this day, I I, I mean, I seen him as time went on because he just started being ostracized from the brothers. The brothers stopped letting him come around because he was just so gone. His head was gone. He was tripping. There, there was nothing. He was never normal again. He was just really, really gone. And it was a sad story, man, because he was a good, like a good dude. And literally, man, he never came back from that trip. I think this is a bigger picture, right? 
a situation like that we dealt with, this is what could have happened. You never know. I mean, this is what I hear stories about when it comes. Obviously, there was a large amount of acid that he had in his pocket. Yeah, you know, he it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a crazy like small. You know, a cookie worth of acid. No, this is like a large like sheets of acid. Mm-hmm. And so obviously that is a major contributing factor. Just in general, my from what I've always heard after that is that um, you can take one bad trip, no matter how much it is, and never come back. And that was one of the things that scared me about ecstasy is that that that's similar to acid, right? It messes with those receptors in your brain. And yeah, man, Nelson never came back, bro. And that's why I said it was one of them situations where they kind of just let him walk away because it, what were they going to do? What were they going to do? It wasn't like he intentionally was taking acid. He literally had the most catastrophic trip you could possibly ever have. And it ruined his life, not just as a, as a king, but just in general, man, he was never right again. There would be times where I'd see him and I call his name and he wouldn't even respond to his name. Like he'd be, you know, he'd be out there, he'd be sauced up. And you know, it's, it's crazy that I brought the other dude Pitt up, right? Cause Pitt was wild walker. And I wasn't even going to bring up the story. I just, it just completely slipped my mind. But you want to talk about irony. This is obviously years later. Pitt was wild walker for a while. He ends up dying of a heroin overdose. He gets, he gets strung out on heroin and dies. This, this is a, this is, this is like a good medium of where you can see, man, of how the regulation of the drugs was critical. And then also the reality is that not everybody follows those regulations and instances like, like Pitt happen. Unfortunately, instances like Nelson happen because technically it's probably against the rules to sell acid to your community. I mean, follow the manifesto in those two instances, right? Those guys are probably still alive. Well, yeah, it's crazy. And I think a big one that you left out of this is that, I mean, whether you like it or not, you're constantly, when you're walking around in this lifestyle, you're constantly looking over your shoulder. You have to be aware of what's around you. Otherwise, something could happen and, and bam, you're dead. And, yeah. and if you're walking around with a group of drug addicts, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not to take anything away from a drug addict, but drug addicts are not the most reliable people on the planet. And yeah, they're not the most mentally sound. Yeah. And I mean, that is not the person that you want with you watching over your shoulder (laughs) because they're going to miss a lot of stuff. And that's right. That would be terrifying if an entire gang was strung up (laughs) on heroin or something. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and, you know, I know the naysayers will say, well, you know, weed slows you down and, and yeah, yeah, that's true. It, it, weed could affect your reaction time and all the things. And, and I, I don't have an argument for that. I understand that. I think that the, uh, <laughs> the lesser of two evils is, is way less. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, and, yeah. And so, and even to this day, man, listen, we're here, we're having a conversation about drugs. I mentioned for those that were on the Patreon the other day about just uh, the, the fentanyl usage and the, the usage in the country, but not just the usage, also the unknown usage, right? And the, the accidental overdose and the deaths that happen from the overdoses and and it's 50 times stronger than heroin and 100 times stronger than morphine. I mean, these are drugs, right? These are mm-hmm. These are drugs. I'm a proponent of of legalized marijuana. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm on a, I'm on a podcast and I'm, and I'm speaking against drugs, but I also, first of all, I'm in a state where it's legal, but I'm a proponent 
for it to be legal across the country because I do believe that it helps more than it hurts. I mean, I've never heard of anybody overdosing on weed. I've never heard of anybody selling their Xbox because they were strung out on weed. And for the most part, people that deal with chronic injuries and and, uh, chronic pain, I've always heard great things on the medicinal side when it comes to marijuana. So I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a heavy proponent as far as, as far as backing that comes to the hard drugs, man, it comes to drugs that, that tear families apart. I'm against it hundred percent. Obviously these stories that I, the story I brought, and then just the, the, the other two quick stories, I think they're prime examples of how easily a young person's life can change. It's, it's sad when it's an adult, don't get me wrong. It's even sadder when it's a teenager. It's it's a kid. It's it's somebody that's beginning their life, not yeah. someone that has lived life and have and have chosen to give up on it. Yeah, I just I I wanted to do this today, man. Especially after we talked the other day about the fentanyl, and and I just thought about my own background with drugs, as far as my my family, and and then also, you know, my own ex- personal experiences. And you know, I hope that brought a little shed a little light, man, and and also kind of propped up the fact that a lot of the guys I was around never use drugs because I think that's a, that's a, a noteworthy a celebration to have, man. You know, you got to know grown men that have never sniffed a line in their life. That's, that's saying something because I mean, if you're in a room full of 10 people, I guarantee at least half of them done it before <laughs> in some form or fashion, you know, not, not doesn't have to be hard abusers or anything like that, but I mean, most but I've tried people it, try yeah. it. Create, yeah, most people try it. And that's what I think, man. That's what I got. And and I gotta say that that those two stories, I really hope somebody out here that may be toying with the idea of trying some of these harder drugs. I mean, I think I, I think it's safe to say that hearing a story that somebody had just had it in their pocket and it got wet and seeped through them and, and screwed them up for the rest of their life. How no matter how little amount you do, do you really want to play with that? You know, it's just, it's, it seems like you're walking a very, very, very scary line there. Yeah. Just imagine you're going to get beat down after every time you use drugs. Maybe it'll help, help, man. Yeah. Six grown men beating you down. (laughs) Maybe that's, maybe that's what, what they need to do is, you know, like we steer you clear. We got this, these people sitting over on the side there and they beat the crap out of you. Steer so. you clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't think that's the right move either. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you got anything else or should we? No, no, that's, that's, up? yeah, that's a good one, man. It was, it was short and sweet. Just wanted to touch on the, the drug situation. I will say that I'm excited about this next episode that's coming up. Um, I won't give too much away, but I'm just excited about it, and and I hope that uh, that's enough of a teaser to allow people. Nah, that's not enough of a teaser. So listen, man, this is what I got. <laughs> that's not enough of a teaser. This is my plan, right? This is my plan. I, I, I hate to throw this out here, but I'm so excited about it. I got no choice because it's going to come through at some point, no matter what. This is what the plan is, man. I, I have a guy who is, you know, he's got his bachelor's in in, in criminal law, and he was a youth counselor for a big part of his life. And he wants to, uh, he wants to, he's willing to sit down and talk with me. Uh, he was actually, I want to say he was either working at or knew the owner of the group home that I was released to when I got out of Wales. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. I feel like we're going to have a good conversation, man. We got, uh, he knows 
you know, he knows some of the some of the people in my stories that have been in and out of uh, juvenile detention and, and all those things. And he's got his own checkered history and, and how he overcame it. I'm looking forward to that, man. I'm excited about that. So that is, um, that yeah, does that sound is, like a really awesome episode. Yeah. So that's something so, to look forward to. Totally. Cool. All right. Then we will wrap this episode up as normal. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy this podcast, leave a review on your favorite podcast player. We are still monitoring Apple podcasts. So if you drop us a podcast, give us an email at normalizedcrime at gmail.com. And I believe there's a ten still a $10 gift card out there for waiting to be sent to you. And we do have the Patreon. You can check that out at normalized or patreon.com slash normalizedcrime. Or you can find the link in the show notes. And we will be back next week with another episode. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Normalized Crime. Stay tuned for the next episode.